0: Wide unclasp the tables of their thoughts. These same thoughts people, this little world. Welcome to Wide Unclasped. This weekend I took the first tour I've taken in ages. I can't think of the last time I actually took one. It's been a while. And the revamped version is really, really well done, though different than the... Original, that I loved so well for so many years. It was the first time I took my little guy, JP, with me. And a strange realization, JP has cerebral palsy, so walking stairs can be very difficult for him. Except for the easy risers. They were perfect for him. Which made the, you know, quarter mile or whatever it is, walk much easier for him. He was very excited. Couple of things. One, easily the most fun tour guide I have ever had, Luna. Fantastic. Rapid-fire delivery. She reminded me a lot of someone who had done the Jungle Cruise for a long time. She had the sort of the patter down. She had her inflections and her work. It was great. It was wonderful. She was hilarious. And she knew everything. Just perfect. Except for the word palimpsest, which I taught her with the... You could see the painting of the old stairs and then the new stairs beneath it. That's called a palimpsest a remaining image of something that is gone. There's a whole lot of great elements to the tour now that weren't there previously. The My personal favorite in the million-dollar showroom, or whatever they call it, uh, with all of the beautiful glass. They had taken three, looks like doors, and they used them as projection sites so that you they did this sort of introduction to Sarah Winchester and the, the house, which I thought was incredibly well done just spectacular it was a spectacular use of a space that had at one point a very good impact on the early part of the tour but I think it really that film and the way it was done with the three three different projections was spectacular and it wasn't there the last time I was there so I think that that really works. You know, I spent a lot of time, I used to at least, a lot of time at the house, at the old gun museum, which is now gone, sadly, walking around the the garden and so forth, the gift shop. But the tour itself appears to have evolved to the idea that a tour guide is going to put their stamp on it far more than just doing the rote recitation. But the important elements are still there. Things like you got to go up to go up to go up. You got go to go down to go down go down. You got to go down to go up to go down. That sort of bit is still there. I'm not 100% sure if the pathway is the same, which is interesting for a number of reasons. I think one of the things that I noticed was the, in particular, after you left the 1906 bedroom, the daisy bedroom, which I had forgotten how beautiful the stained glass is in there. I think from that point forward, there's a lot of sort of differences that I don't quite remember going like that. Also, a thing I had never noticed, and I knew intellectually that the initial tours were all self-guided. I did not realize that they had used painted arrows and that one of the arrows is still left, and uh, Luna pointed it out, and I was like, wow, okay, that I've never seen before. Never knew. There's a little talk about Captive of the Labyrinth in the tour, which is nice. Uh, mentioned a couple of different points there. I was aware of, but hadn't really looked into the idea of the answer to the two windows uh, wide and clasped, the tables of their mind, these same thoughts, people of this little world. Uh, that since the primary stained glass maker of San from San Francisco was a memorial glass maker mostly, and since her sister Estelle had passed away, that it was a memorial to her since Estelle was an actress. This theory makes a fair bit of sense if we can document at what point you put the windows in, which appears to be congruous. We're we're not 100% sure. There's a lot of stuff that is going on with the house now, of course. We didn't get to do the walk around the garden, which would have been, I really wanted to see that stat, the new statue. But, of course, there's the escape room, there's, the, uh, there's another tour that we also didn't take. We just took the standard tour, because we're going to Fogo de Chao. Across or de uh, across the way. Uh, great food, by the way, if you like Brazilian, and they have a little. It's a little spendy. It's on the side of the former Chili's that was there, even back when it was Town and Country, way, way back, and then when they reopened as uh, Santana Row, I believe there was at one of the opening restaurants in that space. I thought was the Chili's as well, but the entire thing is great. It's a wonderful sight. But it does sort of have this, you know, we played we played in the shooting gallery, which was a lot of fun. And it, it's changed. There, You know, I'm not a purist, but I did used to love the arcade that was in there. And that was actually what I would mostly play with, was I would go and before a movie, I would walk through a little bit of the gardens and I'd go to right to the arcade. And then I'd play the Simpsons game or Ivan Stewart's off-road. I'd do that. And it's all different now. It's more of a... You come for sort of a big set of attractions. And the shooting gallery, I think, is fun. I think it's a lot of fun, but it's just, you know, it's in a prime space on the, on the main courtyard and uh, sort of. The bathrooms are still phenomenal, as always. I love them so much. Overall, I think, oh, I should mention, Luna was kind enough to impart a number of her personal experiences in the house. Uh, One in which she had a tug-of-war with someone on a door until she yelled, No! And then the door just closed. She, of course, knew a lot of people who had seen Sarah, heard her name and others' names called during tours. She said something I had vaguely heard of about uh, smelling chamomile tea in one of the sitting rooms. That was an interesting one. I've, I've heard people smell is a major factor in the house's activity. The smell of chicken soup, of course, in one of the kitchens is the big one. But the smell of chamomile tea is a very interesting, interesting thing. Because the chamomile tea idea, it was easily the most popular tea in California at the time. Even more than green tea, which California adopted before the rest of the country. And one of the reasons for that was that there was a a tea distributor, actually, in Santa Clara... Uh, before the Gold Rush, when there were sort of early settlers of and around the mission. But it wasn't really something you hear about. You don't hear a lot about the chamomile tea. So it sort of does make sense. One thing I do wish there was more of on the tour, and this is going to be, you know, forever, is I wish they would put it more into the context of the physical area they were in. Now, they've added a lot of photos and sort of fun fact stuff. I think that's great. I wish there was more, like, you know, here are the other people who were in who Sarah may have interacted with, because, again, she likely had interactions within her community to a limited degree, and certainly early in her, her delivery period when she first moved. She likely had it. And, you know, she, as Luna pointed out, you know, this wasn't the place where she primarily lived. She just came here, and she said on a whim... I think it was her San Jose functional house, because while San Mateo, Burlingame, even the houseboat, all of that was, had definite easy access to San Francisco and to the peninsula, there was a lot of stuff that was San Jose centric, like her doctor, like her lawyer, that being able to access that is so much easier from the ranch than from the other places. So I think that really determined when she was at the house and certainly why she died at the house. The other houses may have actually been more well-appointed to taking care of her in her final days, but this house had access to her doctor. So I think that is really a part of it. I think it was, I think one thing that is becoming more apparent as people look into sort of, I don't want to say the truth, but the deeper story of Sarah Winchester is she was highly pragmatic. If she needed to be in San Jose to see her doctor more easily, she'd be in San Jose. Some of the decisions of the house are run sort of contrary to that. One note that I had made and am still looking into, I found a couple of photos and the door to nowhere, now the argument has always been that the doors any of the doors to nowhere were put in there, but particularly the exterior ones. Uh, they they once had balconies and they had fallen away. There's a picture from just before the 06 earthquake where you can see, The area where the door to nowhere is, you can't tell if there's a door there. I honestly don't think there was, but what you can see is that there's absolutely no sort of veranda or balcony there. So that does sort of shoot a small hole into that sort of theory. It may also have been that they just ran out of time. There was going to be one there, but this also could mean that they put in that door after 1906, which I don't think is the case either. So, uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. One of the interesting notes also is, as we were walking through, having John Paul with me, my little six-year-old, it made me realize that the tour is... It's always going to be difficult for anyone with needs for adaptive adaptive touring. Because, one, it was built in 1922. There were no laws for uh, accessibility. But... On the other hand, you know, there are ways to present a worthwhile tour for people in, say, wheelchairs. It's going to always be difficult to do wheelchairs because you really can't do ramping without significantly reworking the entire house. And part of the story of the house is the adaptations that Sarah made to make it accessible to her. The Easy Risers are a great example of that. But finding ways to make an accessible tour is really important. And I think that's something that is doable to a degree, even if it's just a more robust first floor tour. But it's always going to be hard to get to second and third floor. It's not impossible. There are some ways you could probably do it. But I do have to say, John Paul did a great job. You know, here's a little guy who gets tired super easy, and he managed to make the whole the whole trip. The Easy Risers were a big part of that, and I'm super glad that Luna was very, very, very good at doing her her spiel because it kept him engaged. And really, to me, that's important because my dad took me to the Winchester house, and that's why I love it so much. And I hope that maybe it happens to him too. Thanks for listening to Wide Unclasped. I am Chris Garcia. I'll be back sooner or later. I've got some other ideas going. I'm going to hopefully talk to a couple of former tour guides and get some recorded messages, one of whom had a very interesting experience with the wheelbarrow man, who for some reason they all call Walter, at least at that period. One thing I am going to work on, but it's a longer term, is sort of this continuity of tour guides. And in particular, in the 1960s to the 2000s, there's really this sort of waves of people. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. To white unclasped.